Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity to be here tonight, Lord. We just thank you for the songs that speak of you, Lord. And I just pray as we continue in the service, Lord, that we would look to you and that you would encourage our hearts and challenge us and that we could leave here knowing more about you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. I love that song. I, I um, learned it when I was out at Heartland. And I was like, we got to start singing that one here. So thank you, Brother Franz, for learning it. And I email him the songs on Monday, and he learns them. And it's uh, most, most of them he already knows, but every once in a while I throw a new one at him. But it's a blessing. But go ahead and open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. And we'll be in verse, starting in verse number 10. Ephesians chapter 6. And we'll beginning in verse number 10. And Paul's writing here and he says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for tonight, Lord. We thank you for your word and the opportunity to open it, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, that you'll give me clarity of thought and clarity of speech, and that your word would be free to speak to hearts tonight and speak to my own, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hold until relieved. On D-Day 1944, there was a group of special British troopers, paratroopers. They were the glider troops. They would get into gliders that were towed behind other planes, and then the planes would, when they reached a designated point, they would detach and the planes would fly back to England, and then the glider full fully loaded with men, guns, equipment, vehicles, would glide with no power down into fields, sometimes strewn with stakes or whatever. The Germans had taken out fields for this. And they were given key um, responsibilities for the Normandy landings. And this one particular group of British glider troops under Major Howard, he had 180 men, and he was given the vital task of taking... Three bridges. The most famous one was the Pegasus Bridge. I think I'm pronouncing that right. But it was a bridge over which the Germans could bring their tanks right into the flank of the Allied invasion and drive them right back into the sea. So Major Howard was given the responsibility with 180 men to land in the middle of the night in a glider, capture these bridges, which were in heavily guarded by German forces, capture them and hold until the troops coming in from the shore off the ships could make contact several miles inland and relieve him. And he was given the instructions, hold until relieved. And from about two in the morning till sometime the afternoon the next, the next day, with 180 men, he was holding off an in, entire division's of German troops. His job was to hold them off until the Allied troops could get in. And the words to their commander, hold until relieved, 
must have sounded like a death knell to his troops as they were hunkered down with bullets flying over their heads and mortar shells exploding. They were under extreme assault and they were required to withstand the German divisions and the German tanks until the troops came from the shore. Christians today are under spiritual assault. I think we can all agree with that. That Today, in this world, it can often feel hopeless and useless to try to live for God in the culture that we live in today. As we face the onslaught of the world with its Internet with the internet, with all the filth and the promotion and the um, advertisement that is on the internet that we see on billboards, the emphasis on self that we find in the workplace, whatever wherever we turn, we are constantly being assaulted by the things of this world. The perversion is constantly flaunted and shamelessly expressed. There's efforts to silence Christians all across this nation. And there's total disrespect and hatred for God in His Word. And oftentimes it can feel, as Christians, that we are under assault, that we are being required. And the Bible tells us that we are to be standing for God, that we are to be um, living for God here on this earth. Paul wasn't writing the book of Ephesians to the believers at Ephesus so that they could say, we just can't live for God in this time. No, Paul and God were expecting the, the believers there at Ephesus and Christians for all time when he was writing, when God was writing the word of God and giving it to us. He's expecting us to live for him and live lives that are going to count for God no matter what the culture is. And so oftentimes, though, it can seem like a hopeless endeavor. And it's like we're just hanging on by the skin of our teeth. And it seems can seem as hopeless as those men must have felt under Major Howard facing all those German troops. And Paul's been writing this letter to the church at Ephesus. They, the, the city of Ephesus, I believe, was even worse a lot of, in a lot of ways than in, here in New York City that we're facing today. We're talking about temples wholly given to prostitution and just wicked, vile things that were going on in this city that these Christians were expected to stand against. We're talking about persecution where the government was beginning to hunt down Christians and throw them in jail. And they had to deal with, if they were Jewish, they had to deal with their own family members hating them and going against them. I don't, it hasn't gotten that bad here yet. Yet Paul is writing to them. And he's telling them, you need to live a godly life. He's just been going through, if we go back, I know if you're going through your Bible reading calendar, we've just finished the book, book of Ephesus, Ephesians, excuse me, the city of Ephesus. I'm going to get this out one way or another. But we're just finished reading the book of Ephesians, and Paul's been going through detailed, hey, if you're, if you're a servant, this is how you're supposed to live. If you're a, or you're an employee, let's use, let's use our language, or a boss. If you're a boss, this is how you're supposed to treat your employees. If you're a husband, this is how you're supposed to treat your wife. If you're a wife, this is how you're supposed to treat a husband. If you're a young man in the church, if you're a lady in the church, if you're... However, he's been going through and giving people, this is how you need to live a Christian life in the culture that you're in. God expects you to live for Him, and this is how you're supposed to do it. This is what your life should look like. 
And then he comes down here and says, finally, my brethren, he's concluding it and he's giving a final charge. And he says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You see, the Ephesian believers needed a strength far greater than their own. If they were going to live the Christian life, they needed, they were not going to be able to do it on them by in and of themselves. They needed something much greater than what they had themselves. And that's why Paul is commanding, it's an imperative here, he's commanding the Ephesian believers that you need to be strong in the Lord. Now, how many times have you heard, have you heard somebody say, you just need to be strong? Mommy telling the little boy getting a shot, you just need to be strong, you know. Don't cry. You just need to be strong and move on. Don't be a wimp. Okay, that works great when we're dealing with shots, when we're dealing with bullies, when we're dealing with just simple little things like that, things we can see. But we're dealing with something far greater here. We're dealing with living for God and simply saying, suck it up and do, uh, just be a man or, or you know, be an adult about this isn't going to cut it. Paul's telling the Corinthian believers, or excuse me, I've been preaching out of Corinthians the last couple of weeks, and now I'm getting there. But he's telling the believers there at Ephesus that they need to be strong. Yes, we've heard this command before, be strong. But they need to be strong in the Lord. That is the only way they can truly be strong. Spiritual strength comes only from God, not from you and I. If we're going to be Christians, if we're going to live for God in the culture that we are in today, there's going to have to be a strength in our lives, and that strength cannot be found in ourselves. There is not a champion within us. There is not this inner strength that we're just going to find if we just try hard enough. Paul is telling these believers who are in a wicked city, who have surrendered, who were with the Apostle Paul for three years, he's telling them, you need to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. You and I are capable of serving God without His strength. How often do we try to muster our feeble strength when we're dealing with the trials and temptations and the onslaught of the world? As we face the temptations and we face the trials that come, how often do we find ourselves standing there in our own strength and trying to serve God in our own strength? And Paul is warning the Ephesian believers here. He's saying, do not try to live the Christian life Everything that, I've just command, everything that I've just told you about how you're supposed to live, don't do this in your own strength. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the power of His might. Think of the power of God's might. How about creation? God who spoke and everything came into existence that we know. Who created you and me. Who created the universe with His spoken word. That is the power of God that Paul's talking about here. How about raising Christ from the dead? Okay, we're talking about a power that is unequal in anywhere in the universe. There's nothing as powerful as God. That's why He is God. And he, Paul is telling them, if you're going to live the Christian life, and he's telling us today as well, if you're going to live the Christian life, it's going to have to be through the strength that is in God and through the power of His might, you are incapable, you and I as well are incapable of living for Christ. It sounds a whole lot like abiding in Christ. 
where He is the vine and we are the branches and our only power source is from God. God is the only strength that we can that will suffice to live the Christian life. The Ephesian believers had already seen persecution. And it was only going to escalate. And it's the same for us today. Things are getting bad. And it's only going to get worse. But we can still live for God. It isn't a hopeless situation. Because we have the strength of God. Paul commanded them to be strong, and he has one more command for him. Paul gives him, as he's summing up this letter to the Ephesians, he's saying, you, this is what you need to do. You do. You've been redeemed. If you read Ephesians chapter 2 where he says, and you have to quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, and he goes back through that whole passage, and we could go back and read that tonight, and it is an absolutely beautiful chapter about how we were lost in sin. And God redeemed us and brought us out. And then he's saying, if you've been redeemed, if you've been brought out of the world, then this is how you need to live. And you need these two commands if you're going to live for God. You need to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And then number two, put on the whole armor of God. Believers who wish to stand need a protection far greater than their own. Far greater than they're able, ever able to give themselves. He says, you need, God's telling the Ephesian believers in us today, you need my strength and you need my protection. The armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. If there is ever a time where, when Christians need to be able to stand for God, the time is now. And God told them, put on the whole armor of God. It is not something that can be done halfway. It is something that God has provided. And Lord willing, um, uh, Sunday night when I'm preaching, we'll go through the armor of God. We're going to um, preach this part, and then we're going to go to part two is going to be preaching through the armor of God. But he's saying you need to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The armor is a protection. Um, Paul was chained to a Roman soldier for years while he was in a house. And he would have had a Roman soldier there, and he would have inspected him. Every, he would have had one there all day, and he was seen. The armor. And God used that, more than likely, as an illustration and being to show him. You know what? Christian soldiers aren't to, go, aren't to try to face the world in their own strength. They need the strength of God. And it's not going to be through their fortitude or their um, mental strength or their planning that they're going to be able to stand for God when the time counts, when the evil day comes. You're not going to be able to stand for God in your own strength. You need some protection that can only come from God. And Paul's telling these Paul's telling all believers, he's telling us today, that if you're going to live for God, you need to live in His strength and in His protection. You're not able to do it yourself. God did not save us and then leave us high and dry. God has given us everything that we need to live the Christian life. First, um, Second Peter, yeah, it is Second Peter one three. For God has, excuse me, now I'm going to mess it up. I used to be able to quote it. Excuse me, I need to go there. But Second, Second Peter chapter one. 
Verse number three, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. He has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. What um, we can go there. God has given God has not left us here and said, OK. We'll see what happens. No, God has left us here for a purpose to to share his word to the entire world. And he hasn't left us here just to sit and cower against the world as it runs over us. No, we have the strength of God and we have the armor of God so we can be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The devil's crafty. The devil is attacking us. There is never a question in the Bible that we are under assault. We are constantly under assault. We are constantly under attack. And we need the armor of God and the strength of God to be able to stand. So often, we attempt to fight spiritual battles with our own strength and our own plans. And it's a wonder why we fail. But God has graciously given us and provided for us His strength and His protection. So that we can stand in the evil day. We can stand when the trials and temptations come. We do not have to be run over. If God expects us to stand, then He's going to give us what we need to be able to stand. God is not going to give us an order and then not fulfill not, or, or keep us from being able to fulfill that, if I'm making sense here. Can I get some nods if, I, if you understand what I'm saying? Yet... Standing against the devil is something that is often talked about and rarely accomplished. Every day we fall to the wiles of the devil. Every day we sin. How many times has pastors stand up here and said, how many of us have sinned this week and we all raise our hand? Because we're flesh. But we are required by God. We are going to be called into account for God for how we stood and how we followed his word. And it is so important that we have the strength of God and we have the armor of God on. It is so important. And the reason it is so important is found in verse number 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. The reason we so are in desperately need of God's strength, the reason why it is absolutely essential that each day we wake up and we go to God and equip ourselves with the armor He has provided for us and that we go out that day in the strength of the Lord and in the power of His might, the reason why this is so vital to standing in for the Christian life and being able to stand against the wiles of the devil The reason why we have to be in the strength of the Lord is the adversary that we are facing is spiritual and cannot be withstood by physical strength or strategy. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. I think back to my time at Heartland and one thing that was allowed my freshman and sophomore year, but was outlawed more or wasn't allowed. We just did it was we wrestled in the dorm. And I showed up to school, and I was about an inch shorter than I am now, and if, believe it or not, 
I was almost 25 pounds lighter than I am now. If you can believe that. Okay? So I show up to the dorms. I'm six foot three. I weigh about 158 soaking wet. I was skinny. I was very skinny. And I wanted to wrestle. But there's one thing with wrestling, is you can see the other guy. You can grab him. You can feel him grabbing you, but you can see him. You can watch his eyes and see where he's trying to go. Eventually, I got a little better at it, and I put on some weight. That definitely helped. But finally, my senior year, there was an old friend of mine, and we were in grad school, and we just were so frustrated with thesis one night. We just got into it. We started wrestling him, and I actually wrestled him, and he was a wrestler in high school, and he wasn't, you know, playing rough or anything, but I was able to stay with him for about 20 minutes, and we were wrestling and moving around, and I moved, he came over, and I went down and threw him over my shoulder and we were going at it, but you can grab it. It is something, when I was wrestling, it was something I could see. It was something I could see what he was trying to do to me. I could grab him and with the small, tiny muscles in my arm, I could at least attempt to thwart what he was trying to do to me. I could at least attempt to stop him from putting me in that chokehold or that arm bar. But we are not wrestling against flesh and blood. We cannot see what the devil is trying to do to us. We cannot, even if we could, we cannot grab him. He is not just invisible. You've seen the movie where the invisible man, I don't know, whatever, but I've seen old, really old movies and the guy's invisible. But if you try, if you put smoke in or whatever, you could reach out and grab him. No, you can't touch the devil. It's, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It is spiritual. It is not physical. You cannot, with your teen, with my teeny little muscles in my arm, I can't do anything against the devil because it's not physical. It's not against flesh and blood. That's why it is so vital that we go out each day in the strength and the power of the Lord and have His armor on because God is spiritual and He has given us spiritual weapons to fight a spiritual enemy. We are up against a spiritual enemy. We are under under spiritual assault. And so often, what we try to do is we face spiritual battles with a teeny little muscle in my arm, and we wonder why we are struggling against Satan, and we wonder why we are not standing against, against the wiles of the devil like the Bible says we can and we should. It's because we are fighting spiritual battles with physical strength. The Ephesian believers were commanded to seek supernatural strength and supernatural protection because they needed to stand against an enemy that could not be touched with physical strength and physical means. We are facing an enemy today that cannot be touched. We are constantly under assault spiritually. And we desperately need the strength of God, the power of His might, His armor, so we can withstand against the assault of a spiritual enemy that we cannot see and we cannot touch. The enemy is not 
our coworker who is constantly cussing and constantly saying foul things about God or constantly talking about the evil things he or she does on the weekend. That is not the enemy. The enemy is not the people who post wicked things on the Internet. That is not the enemy. The enemy is not the homosexual movement that is so rampant in our city today. That is not our enemy. Our enemy is the devil, and it is something we cannot touch. We cannot fight with physical means against the devil. We are required to stand in the power of his might, in his strength, the strength of the Lord. And we are told to put on the armor of God, to use the things God has given to protect ourselves. So I was studying and came across this. It's a little bit of a lengthy quote. I'm going to read it. One commentator said this. In Paul's characterization of them, then, the powers of the darkness are powerful, wicked, and cunning. How can we expect to stand against the assaults of such enemies? It is impossible. We are far too weak and far too incapable. Yet many, if not most, of our failures... And defeats are due to our foolish self-confidence when we either disbelieve or forget how formidable our spiritual enemies are. Only the power of God can defend and deliver us from the might, the evil, and the craft of the devil. True, the principalities and powers are strong, but the power of God is stronger. It is His power which raised Jesus Christ from the dead and enthroned Him in heavenly places and which hath raised us from the death of sin and enthroned us with Christ. True, it is in those same heavenly places, in that same unseen world, that the principalities and powers are working. But they were defeated at the cross and now are under Christ's feet in ours. So the invisible world in which they attack us and we defend ourselves is the very world in which Christ reigns over them and we will reign with Him. We are facing a spiritual battle. We are facing spiritual assault. We cannot see this enemy. We cannot wrestle against him. There's nothing in our mind. There is no counsel we can come up with. There is no book that's going to help us be able to be strong for Christ. Rather, it is only through his strength and by using the protection he has given us that we are going to be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Because our enemy is unseen, Paul reiterates in verse number 13, Wherefore? Because our enemy is unseen, because our enemy is spiritual, because we cannot fight against our enemy, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Where it says, that ye may be able to withstand. Doing a little bit of study of that, I could go into all the technical terms, but the verb tense here is its meaning it is very possible and it is almost assured that you can stand it is saying you that you may be able to stand i love how the king james translated that you may be able to stand you you and i can stand in the evil day and it's talking about not 
just a certain time period, but our whole lives, there's going to be days that are worse than others. There's going to be certain trials that come on, and it's going to be an evil day. But our entire life, we are required to stand against the wiles and the craftiness of the devil. And there's going to be an evil day come where we're going to have to withstand. It has more the idea of just receiving the impact. I heard one preacher talking about this, is of the offensive line on the football team. There's a time where you're standing and there's a time where you're withstanding when somebody, when the other guy's 300-pound guy's running up your throat. You know, there's going to be a time where you have to withstand. And what Paul is saying here is you may be able to stand. You're going to be able to stand if you listen to what I've just told you. If you listen and stay in the strength of our Lord and in the power of His might, and put on the armor of God. You and I must seek supernatural strength and protection because we're facing an enemy that cannot be withstood with physical means. Trials and temptations are faced every day and more are coming. The world we live in is in full assault on Christianity. But we're not fighting against the people we see. We are fighting against an unseen enemy. We are told we must withstand and stand. But the only way we can do that is in the strength and the power of the Lord and in His protection. You cannot fight against people because they are not the enemy. Your personal plan for success or your personal, your strength and your mind, you are not going to be able to stand. The time will come when you will fall. God is not telling you to grit your teeth and be strong for mommy. God has already provided everything you need to stand. We can be strong in the strength that is in the Lord when we put on the whole armor of God. So, what we need to do, as we are facing the battle tonight, tomorrow, next week, is we need to use God's supplies to fight a spiritual battle. We need to stop trying, and I I say we, I struggle with the same thing, I'm not saying everyone out here is. But what I'm saying is, often we seek to fight spiritual battles with physical means. With I, I'm just not going to do that today. You know, I'm, I'm going to hold my tongue. I'm going to hold my tongue. And how often has that failed? It may work for a day. It may work for a month. But eventually your own strength is going to run out. Why? Because we are fighting an enemy that we cannot fight against. We are fighting against something that is far beyond our strength. But we are fighting against an enemy that God has already conquered. And we have the strength of God. If we are saved tonight, if we are His child, He's saying you can be strong in My strength and you can put on the armor, the protection that I've already provided for you so you can stand. It doesn't have to be a fight to the last man and you're sitting there with your last bullet huddling down. No, you can stand. You can stand in the culture we live in and you can live for Christ because we have the power of God. We have the power of His might. We can be strong in the Lord and we can be protected by the armor God has provided for us. Against an enemy we cannot see. 
against an enemy we cannot fight. But we can have the strength of God when we use God's supplies to fight the battle. You and I must seek supernatural strength and protection because we must withstand an enemy we cannot defeat by physical means. We're fighting a spiritual battle. So don't get caught up in the politics of our country. They're important, but that's not our battle. We're called to stand for Christ, to live for Him. We're not fighting the media. We're not fighting Hollywood. We're fighting an enemy we cannot see. We're fighting an enemy that has already been defeated by God. And we have His strength available. Living in the world today, it might sound a whole lot like Major Howard's men. Hold until relieved. Hold until relieved. No knowledge of when the troops are going to come in from the shore. You are required to hold off the juggernaut of Hitler waiting for the sound of the troops coming in from the shore. But the story is told, from the way I've heard it, that as the troops came in from the shore, there was a sound of bagpipes in the air. And that was the first thing they heard. As the troops came in, there was a contact. Let me tell you something. We're waiting. We're holding in to relieved. But one day the trumpet's going to sound. Amen. One day the trumpet's going to sound, and we're getting out of here. But God hasn't left us here just hunkered down in whatever. God has given us the ability to stand in the evil day we live in. Yes, God is coming back. We are told, hold until relieved. Stand for God in an evil day. You can live for Christ today. You do not have to become a casualty to the things of this world. We can live for God. We can see God work miracles in our life. We do not have to fall prey to the wiles of the devil because we have a strength of God in our lives and God has given us the armor of God so we can withstand against the wiles of the devil. We fight an enemy we cannot see, but we have a God who has already conquered that enemy and one day the trumpet's going to sound and we're going to be called out. So hold until relieved. But don't hold. Don't stand for God in your own strength or it will be in vain. And you will be, if you are saved, you will still go to heaven. But you will be picked up off the battlefield of spiritual life. And taken back, not as a victor, but as a casualty. We can stand. We can stand. But in the power of His might. Be strong. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. We must stand and use God's supplies to fight a spiritual battle because we fight an enemy we cannot see. We fight an enemy we cannot defeat. But if we stand in God's strength and if we stand with the armor of God on, we can stand until the day that God calls us home. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you for your word, Lord. And I just pray that you would be honored and glorified through the message tonight and that you would be lifted up, Lord.
And that way we rely on your power. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As the piano plays, if you need to come forward or just pray there in your seat.